All right, Nuggets Nation, you thought we were gone. Guess what? We're not gone. We are going to be with you all summer long. This is the 24K Podcast. Katie Wingy and Chris Dempsey coming at you from the Pepsi Center with a little different feel. Yeah, we're we're back (laughs) in the room. (laughs) In the dark room of the Pepsi Center. Uh, The court is no longer down. The season is over, sadly. Um, But what an incredible season it was. Yeah, no, it really was. Uh, 54 wins. Second round of the play, all the way to the end of the second round, basically. I mean, Two game, game seven. sevens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is, it was a great season. It really was for the Nuggets. Um, so many interesting, memorable, funny, um, just all those kinds of stuff was happening. And, and so um, now, now we'll reflect on all those things. If you didn't fall more in love with this team this season, even just as an NBA fan, I think that you're a crazy person. Yeah. Like th- there were so many moments and players and guys that took, you know, giant leaps forward and this mm-hmm. franchise overall. Um, I think we got to see personalities come out a little bit more with these young guys and even head coach Michael Malone, I feel like was more in himself this season than yep. we've really ever seen from him. Um, so much to be excited about. I am convinced that the best is yet to come, but we are here kind of just to recap the season, go through some team awards. Um, but first and foremost, just a couple days ago, we got to hear from head coach Michael Malone, uh, his kind of final thoughts on the season. And Tim Connolly, baby. <laughs> he's back. Sticking around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. None of that should be yeah. news that he's still the president of basketball <laughs> operations, but he is. He's not going to D.C., even though he was born and raised in that area. He is going to stick around with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Demps, were you at all concerned? Uh, that's a good question. It's a I complicated, was 50-50. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a complicated answer. Um, I think 50-50 is probably where I was on that as well. At, at first, I was not concerned at all. I mean, the, the other thing is, is that we'd start hear, hearing some rumblings about that during the season. Yep. That Washington would be interested in getting Tim back. Well, and that was before they had extended Tim. Right. Even, right? Like yeah. those conversations were like, well, if the Nuggets don't extend him, then there's a really good chance right. he goes to Washington. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, but when the Nuggets extended him, I thought, okay, he, it's fine. He, he's not going anywhere. Even if, even if Washington asks. That was my thought, too. And... But then it started sounding, you know, anytime you hear that a person is taking a meeting um, or meeting face to face with somebody. Having a conversation. Yeah, those are, (laughs) those are, I've seen it many times. A person's mind can be changed and you get them in a situation, you show them the building, you show them your house, you show them the, this is what you, this is how much we love you and want you to come here. Those are big time factors sometimes that can sway. And so when the news that Tim Connolly was meeting with Ted Leonsis was coming on out, I thought, well, okay, now now it's now it's really real. Totally. I just think especially with the job that Tim Connolly has done here in Denver, for any open GM jobs, he was probably top of the list, mm-hmm. I would think, especially when his contract wasn't renewed. Uh for me the the only knowing Tim and how you know this, we both know this, we're around him enough. He is such a loyal guy. And I think that that is hard to find in a business atmosphere. He is very much invested in these players and the franchise and, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here right. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and even coach Malone said this yesterday, there's something to be said about someone wanting to go home. Mm-hmm. His whole family is there. And that was the, the switch for me. Like I, the only reason I think that this could even be a possibility is because it's family. It's where he's from. Does he want to raise his family there? That sort of thing. And yeah. I, I mean, we're lucky that he's here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> what are, it comes down to. Yeah, those are big ties. I, I I, was discussing this with somebody, and I was just talking through it. Not coming to conclusions, but talking through the whole thing and just saying, okay, so here's uh, the things that would draw him. And the family, and this, he is from there in a lot of different levels. Yes. From there, you know, from the area, because he's from the area, his wife is from the area, grew up in the Wizards organization. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just so many different levels that would draw you back. Okay. So that was one. However, this is also a profession and in a league where you move around and you settle in different cities and you find new homes and um, it, it is a transient business. So 
being away from Washington, D.C. is something that, yeah, do you want to go back home? Yes. Does that mean you, can, you can't just visit there all the time? No, it is, you can, and he did. And the other thing is, is that he has a bunch of siblings. Yeah. And so when you're talking about taking care of parents or things like that, things like that, that doesn't just fall on his shoulders. Sure. Everybody can pitch in, sure. and he is, he is part of that. So your ability to be able to live somewhere else and still go back and pitch in on that kind of thing yep. is available. And so... You know, when you broke all that stuff down, I mean, it is a very difficult. I can only imagine what was going through his head. Yeah, exactly. Well, but so happy that he made the decision to stay because here's and he said this to both of us. Yep. One thing that was very important to him was finishing what he started. That phrase, yeah, we've heard that time and time again. Yes. 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 And. Why have, why walk through the fire of all of the hard times of getting this franchise from 30 wins to 54 yes. wins without now being able to sit back and go, Whew, you know, now I can be enjoy the winning, enjoy yep. what has happened. The hard work is paying off. Not, not that they're done, but what they've done to this point is paying off. Don't walk yourself back into a fire. <laughs> because, That's such a good point. You yeah. know, it just is... The wizard situation is, boy, that's a very, it's going to be a very tough job for whoever gets that. But um, again, very happy that he stayed. And I know um, just we all are. He yeah. just has made this organization um, a fun place to work and uh, just a fun atmosphere for everybody. He's completely changed the culture. And yeah. I think that we have seen that. You've seen it more than I have just being around here longer. But um, even just from last year to this year and, and jumping in when I did, you can you could feel it shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to go over a couple things that stuck out to me about what he said yesterday when he was talking to the media. Um, and I actually was one of the people that asked him, you know, what went into that decision? Yeah. What What were you weighing? What What was on your heart? What was on your mind uh, in that situation? And for him, it, it kind of seemed like it came down to relationships. Mm-hmm. He said, I couldn't envision myself anywhere else. You go to Washington, like you said, and they show you your house and, you know, all the or like the practice facility, the workout facility, the the different things that you would be overseeing. And for him, with all of the relationships that he's built in Denver, the way that he has invested himself here from the top down, honestly, like with Avi- Josh and Stan and, and the whole Kroenke family and, and the way that he respects what their impact is mm-hmm. in the sports world. Then you go to you know the front office as a whole. Then you go to the coaching staff. Then you go to the players. He even called out like PR. <laughs> Ticket sales, yeah. like the people that are around this organization, the people that he passes by in hallways at Pepsi Center, th- those relationships are what he could not picture himself having in, in D.C. Mm-hmm. And I mean, amazing, amazing that he could say that and rely on that. And, and Denver has become such a solid place in his heart that he's like, I couldn't see myself anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, it's true. And, and you know, he, he you know, he he's the kind of guy Let's put it this way. He gives time to a lot of people that GMs just don't give time to. That that is just, it is not a real thing. (laughs) I know, yeah. But for Tim Connolly, it is. And, you know, it's that kind of relationship building and it's that kind of um, just friendliness, just being a good person. Yeah. that I think he truly is a good person. Yeah, he really is. Like, let's just like, throw that out there right now too. Like, yeah. there are a lot of people who let power and you know being in a, in a high up position like he does go to his head, or you know, are not necessarily rude but standoffish. Yeah. Or unapproachable. Right. He is so far from that. No. He's like, let's go get some wings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, he's that guy, and so um, it's it's good. And, and honestly, I think that's one of the things that will, will serve the Nuggets well in terms of. Uh, attracting free agents, um, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, he, he is a um, uh, just the, the kind of guy that you would want to play for, that you would want to be in the same organization with, and so the Nuggets will have him for the foreseeable future. So you mentioned free agents. Um, he was asked about if he thinks after this season, do you think the perspective of Denver and this franchise has changed in terms of drawing in top-tier athletes, top-tier free agents? Uh, and I loved his answer to this question. It was very long, but I'll just, you know, give a couple of the lines. Um, I think when people say it's about winning, I don't know how we're not one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. So if that's their reason for wanting to go somewhere, well, I want to be a part of a winning team. 
how is Den- with 54 wins, how is Denver not one of the top categories there? Uh, he said it's one of the hottest cities in the country. You couple that with an ownership group that has stakes in everything in entertainment for those athletes that are trying to grow their brand. Yeah. I can't imagine a, a better city or a better organization to be a part of. Um, yeah, he just said, I think it will be fascinating to make those calls when they say it's about winning. If the answer is really about winning and they don't want to talk to us, I think that's a disingenuous answer. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. No, I mean, and he's not wrong about that. And it, we're going to hear those things from from free agents or the, the, the circles around the players that, the, you know, the information comes out and you start, sources say uh, player X is worried about yeah. winning. Okay, cool. Because here's a 54-win basketball <laughs> yes. team that was... Second about, team in the West. Right, right. That's, you know, really probably, I mean, if you're if you're a superstar level player, probably you're the last piece to getting it to this team to the, to the yeah. finals. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just is, unfortunately, in the NBA, it's, just, it's it's not that easy sometimes. You know, they say that it's about winning, yeah. but then when you show them the money, it's like, oh, but there's yeah. X amount of dollars over here. Or, um, you know, you have a team saying, but you're going to be the man. You don't have to share the spotlight with anybody. You can have your own spotlight. Yeah. And so then there's that. And then there's just, just a um, – and I still think that there is um, – as much as this city has grown, there's still – you have to convince people. You have to bring them here and walk them around the city just so they understand how good of a city you're talking about. Once they're about. here, yeah. I think that it is much easier. It's getting people here. Right. To mm-hmm. see it and feel it and, and get that buzz yeah. about it, 100%. Now, having said this, there was, I believe, it, I don't know if it was on a podcast or where. This is a, this was a while ago. Are you dropping rumors Ke- here, Dennis? No, no, I'm just saying that <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Durant said one of his favorite cities was Denver. And so he's dialed in to at, le- yeah. at least what this yeah. is. And we all know what his situation might be. And I'm not going to say any more about that. But <laughs> uh, but yes, I mean, it's uh, for, for a winning basketball team, the Nuggets have to be at or near the top of the list. There's no, just not many teams yeah. uh, doing it better than the Nuggets right now with a future that the yes. Nuggets have. I will say this, though, too. When you're talking about top-tier athletes, it's going to take a very special top-tier athlete to – to come into a team like the Nuggets only because of how unselfishly they play. Mm-hmm. You have to come in and say, I want to be unselfish too, yeah. even if you are a superstar. Because we have a couple superstars that play within you know, the roles that they have, the flow of the Nuggets offense, all of those things. And I think that that's something that people should be excited about. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's a certain mold. A player. And, and it's something that the, uh, Tim Conley and Arturis, yep. they're going to have to weigh the fit Correct. Right? Just because player X is out there doesn't mean he's a great fit for Mm -hmm. your program. And, you know, I was just discussing this um, uh, piece of this this with with, uh, Nate Kirkman on radio. And he – let's just take Golden State. Golden State was built the way the Nuggets were built, through the draft. Stephen Curry drafted. Klay Thompson drafted. Draymond Green drafted. Harrison Barnes drafted before they traded yes. and moved him on. Um, they won a title and then won 73 games. Then they got Kevin Durant. And the reason why that situation still works, because Kevin Durant came in and took all the shots. He's taking all the shots. Yes. But that's because Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson said, okay, it's cool, bro. Even though Steph, it was a two-time MVP, he still said – you know what? You're the best yep. player on this team. We'll let you do what you do, and then we'll fit in around you. Yes. And then Draymond Green took his offense and basically removed it. Like, he yep. didn't take any shots anymore, barely scored. It was just an assist, rebound, defense guy. Yep. And we see what's happening now that KD's gone, and now that everybody's kind of get back into the roles that they were. But you would have to have that happen on on this team to to a certain degree mm-hmm. and you would have to have player the player coming in to also conform to the program the nuggets play a certain style of basketball yes and it's not like let's just uh, you know iso it out and and no. let somebody you know work one on one against teams it is a it is team basketball and so if you're not going to be able to fit into that it really doesn't matter what your name is yeah. i don't think and it would culture. be right because yeah. that is the culture off the court too yeah. of like we're all in this together which yeah. is so cheesy but it, it is that's the truth behind it uh, one other thing that i want to talk about that tim connolly talked about was paul millsap yeah and 
basically said he is very confident that they will get a deal done. They want him to stay. Millsap wants to stay. They're going to meet and have a conversation over dinner sometime soon. Um, your thoughts, I guess. I love that they want to keep Paul Millsap around, especially the way that he was uh, in the, those playoff games for mm-hmm. Denver, not just as a player and stepping up in big moments when the youth was kind of coming out and yeah. showing for the Nuggets, but just in terms of a leader yeah. and a voice in that locker room. The, the way that he carried himself and just stepped up in so many different ways for Denver, I think, is something that you want to hold on to. Yeah, for sure. And and And... And just from a very like, like they ended up really needing his point production yes. in the in the Portland series, and so he stepped up in that manner as well, and just you know, just became one of the guys they could lean on in terms of just actual production on the court. And so yeah, you you know, for all of those things that he brings, uh, you, you you absolutely want him back, and. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a team option, and if they're going to sit down and, and negotiate it out, that's great. You yep. know, because, um, you know, for, you know, what is he? He's 34 years old, but just defensively, when Michael Malone talked about this in his yes. press conference, just the, the jump they take took as a defensive basketball team. Well, I just don't think it's a coincidence that, like, Paul Millsap played the majority of the season. I mean, he broke his toe right and right, right in there. Couple but, games, yeah. but, um, you know, it, it, his presence on the court helps them be a better defensive basketball 100%. team. 100%. And I just think you would want to retain that. You know, his point production and rebound production, okay, whatever. It, it is what it is. He'll have great games, whatever. But defensively, and as you just noted, in that locker room, it's a big, big, big deal. Um, I hope he comes back. I, I think he will. I, mean, I think he will. I think he, will. Um, his, like, he loves Denver. Family's he's got kids. here. He's, his family's Moved into here. a new house here. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully they can make something work there that you know is beneficial for both sides of mm-hmm. things. You mentioned Coach Malone. Let's switch into kind of his final thoughts after the season was done. And I think let's start with the defense. Yeah. Because when you're uh, a coach of a team that goes from dead last in opponent three-point percentage to first (laughs) in the regular season in just one season the way that you got your team to buy in on the defensive side of things yeah that saved the nuggets in a handful of games Mm -hmm. this this season the the identity that they developed on that side of the basketball was incredible yeah it was i mean in 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 the most important area if you ask me because the league is just becoming a three-point league and and that's just all there is to it they're the league is Finding ways to generate three-point shots. Every team is trying to do that. That's what they're doing. And if you can defend that shot or at least make them all really tough, then you, your ability to be successful over the course of the season is going to be huge. And you're putting yourself in a position to win every game at least. Yeah, you right? are, yes. And and not have and, – and, and at least be in every game because, see, yes. a three-point shot can separate leads out just so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't need that shot really wrecking a game for you and then wrecking multiple games over the course of the season yeah. for you like that because that shot can. And so uh, what the Nuggets were able to do, we talked about this very early on, and uh, maybe we actually talked about it with uh, Wes. With Wes. I know. We should go back and revisit early that on. podcast and <laughs> yeah. talk about defensive goals and re- revisit how yes. they turned out. Right. Yeah. Um, because part of it, I-, I actually think they'll even be better next year, mm-hmm. Katie, because – Part of what made them good was the energy to make multiple efforts all over the court to run people off to be and to have to do that. That is something that they had not done before. Yeah. And it takes energy. And you have to understand how your body reacts. And when you're tired, you still do it. Mm-hmm. And so I just think now they have, like, from a physical, how I feel standpoint, what this takes, They now they have a reference point. And next year, mm-hmm. they'll be able to do that just fine. It's just yeah. like Monte playing 82 games for the first time. What yeah. happened next year? He'll be just fine because yeah. now his body is mm-hmm. understands what that's all about. And somebody said this one time to me. It says, um, we were talking about switching versus getting through screens. It says, if you're a team that always gets through screens, it's easy to become a switching team. If you're a team that always switches – it's hard to become a get through Switching screen is team because way out. yeah because <laughs> now you the energy it takes to yep. get through screens and so for the nuggets it was kind of like this was get through screens here yeah and so now they understand that and i think they'll be even better next year well and not only that 
I think they'll also be better next year because they have seen the fruits of their labor. Mm-hmm. Yep. They Okay, coach, tell us we need to do multiple efforts. <laughs> tell us we need to put <laughs> right. all this energy on the defensive side of things. Yeah. Okay, they did that. They saw what it can do. It takes their their game to an entirely new level. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the 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 reinforcement. This what success does. Yes. And Coach Malone, all he's got to do is look at you and go. Yeah. Now you saw what happened. Yes. Was I right or was yeah. I right? There were multiple yeah. games too this season where the Nuggets just could not buy a basket. Shot mm-hmm. the ball very poorly. They still won some of those games yep. because of their defense. Mm-hmm. And like the three point line, the Nuggets would shoot two for. 18 yeah. or what at like four for 22, whatever it might've been. Those were games that they still were in or won because they were able to limit the opponent's three point percentage, essentially how many threes they made 27 and two in games, which they held the opponent to 100 points or less 27 and two. There it is. So, you know, when you're doing that, that means uh, how many of those games were the nugget shots not falling? Yeah. Cause you're under a hundred as well. And like, and you're still able to win those games. It's it's a huge, it's a big big deal. The defense was uh, a big deal, and, yep. and as you said, that th- the three point percentage defense was was at the top of that list. Yeah. I think he was he was most proud of that. Like, like I he, think so too. He could he couldn't wait to get that I stat know. out. Yeah. When you Last go from third, <laughs> yeah. You know what? You pump your tires, Malone. That's you do right. it because you deserve it. That's you right. deserve it. Um, he also talked about how this team proved something this year and how there were so many doubters. This was a fraud, a team of frauds, you know, that they, how did they get 54 wins? Well, they got lucky or they won a couple games that they shouldn't have a a really young team. How are they going to do in the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that. He said, yeah, I think we did prove something, but obviously we're not satisfied. And I think that that, that phrase is going to be like the nuggets catchphrase in the off season and even next year, like, we're not satisfied. Right. Be like, hashtag not satisfied. <laughs> yes. T-shirts, not satisfied. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that they now have tasted a little bit of what it feels like to be at the top of the league, they're going to be hungry for more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so, too. And be, because, you know, the season was a success, but they didn't win the NBA title. And that's what every that's what all these teams are trying to do is win that title, get that chip. How cool is it that we can now say that there's a chance of that happening? Yeah, oh, you know what I mean. You. Like after this season, there's a very real conversation to be had about like they are now in a position where they can talk about contending. I'm going to tell you something, Katie. In my entire lifetime here in Denver, all 44 years of it, this is only the second time ever that I have been able to say like this team can literally contend for an NBA title and for that to be a like a, not a ridiculous statement yes. that I just made. Yes. And the only other time was in 2009 after they went to the Western Conference Finals, lost to the Lakers. Um, and then that next season, uh, they were the best team in the Western Conference mm-hmm. and George Carl had the cancer they, and then everything yep. kind of fell apart. Um, that was the only other time I looked at a Nuggets team and said, like that team right there can win an NBA title. Mm-hmm. And this team right here, not only can they do that, but they have their window is so wide open. Yeah. Because the youth of the, and then you're still adding players like Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. and like the Jared Vanderbilt still coming, and it is just uh, a very exciting time and super realistic to say to look at this bunch and mm-hmm. look at the Western Conference and look at the NBA. Yep. Let me just say, the the Final Four teams, Golden State's already in. In, in, into the uh, yeah. in, in, into the finals, and you have Toronto and Milwaukee battling it out. Are, are, are the Nuggets very far off from any any of these teams? Like, no, no. they are not. I mean, that that is a fact. And in fact, they beat Toronto twice. Yep. And so it just is. Uh, not know. to mention they won as many games as the Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs oh, because yeah. swept. Because swept. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I'm, it's it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, you're you're so right. I mean, their their contending window yes. is now opening. It was and cracked it at the beginning of the season, and now it's like there's a breeze coming through. Yeah. The curtains yes. are blowing in the wind. And you never it's know open. with some of the things that might happen in the off season. Yep. <sighs> I mean, I, exactly. I, the only team that anybody could say is in the Western conferences better would be Golden State. Uh-huh. And we'll just see what happens with that roster know, yeah. in the in the, yep. in the, in the offseason. So true. Uh, really quick, too. Um, 
areas that the Nuggets need to improve, I guess, or just maybe one. I know Coach Malone talked specifically about Jamal and Nicola. He needs Jamal to be more consistent. Consistent, yeah. 100%. I think we all kind of are on board with that. We've we've seen little glimpses of him putting together stretches of games of consistent play. Mm-hmm. If we could get that, you know, on a regular basis, that would be huge for Denver. And then for Jokic, he just said he needs to finish around the rim a little bit better. It, he did that throughout the year. You know what's so weird about that? Yeah. Is is <laughs> let's say the let's take the previous couple of seasons prior to this one. Like he was money left and right, left hand, right hand. It just didn't matter. Yep. And so I mean, he's also getting more traffic when he turns and shoots. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of it. Double teams. Yeah, exactly. Physical, physical more physical play. Yeah, so... Wants, um, wants him to work on his body and his foot speed, too, which I right. think has taken steps mm-hmm. as he's been a Denver Nugget, too, each off season. So, uh, it almost felt like... When Coach Malone was asked this question of, like, what do you want to see Jokic get better at? It was like he had to really search for something. Yes, because because what like, else could you um, want? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, a similar season to last year would be fine. <laughs> I, uh, maybe he can yeah. finish better. He shot yeah. 50-something percent from the floor. Exactly. Maybe he can get in better shape. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's funny. It's so funny with him because yeah. you're right. It's, it's like, what do you tell an elite basketball player? To get better at. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so what's the one one thing as a team then? Or X factor that you're like, this would make them take it to the next level? Um, well, I, I, I think... Boy, it's a good question. I'll, I can go while you're okay, still thinking. Yeah, you I go. just think, yes, for Jamal, it's consistency. But I think for most of these guys, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing what you're going to get on a, on a regular night and believing in that, relying on that. I also think too health, yeah, like staying healthy, which it, sometimes that's out of your control. But like Gary Harris needs to have a, a healthy year yeah. next year and be Mister Reliable, Mister Consistent the way that he has been. Um, the Nuggets still found a way to get it done this season, despite all those bumps in the road and the adversity and, and the health challenges that they had to face. But if they can, for the most part, have their young core take a step in the consistency area and then also stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That would be big. In yeah, moments. health is a big, big deal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even Will Barton missed forty. Did he miss he, forty something games? Yes. So, you know, your starting lineup just between Will and Gary alone yep. missed a ton of games, and then obviously Paul had the the broken toe. And he missed, uh, a, you know, a sizable amount of games himself, and so, um, yeah, health I think is is, is a big, big deal. I'm um, I'm always in for more shooting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I think if anything in the Portland series showed showed us is that like you can just never have enough shooting because yeah. they needed more by the time that series ended. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I, I, I just think maybe just continuing on the defensive, the, the same role de- defensively as sure. they had been on. I, You know, this is a team that only has just a few little holes to fill. And, I know. Yeah. you know, and so, you know, um, you know, they're they're right there. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Last thing about those pressers from yesterday, Coach Malone said that he believes that there's not a more aligned, connected franchise in the NBA from the top down than the Nuggets have right now. Yeah, uh, And we sort of talked about this with Tim Connolly and the way that he's invested, but did that surprise you that he said that at all? I just think that that's such a – bold maybe isn't the right word, but it's a strong statement. It is a strong statement because, I mean, the San Antonio Spurs are still out there and they're pretty connected from, yes, from ownership true. on down to pop in, in the roof. And I'd say the Golden State Warriors are probably pretty connected from their ownership on down yeah. um, as well. And for him, and he spent time with the Golden State Warriors um, yeah. uh, organization, so he understands what that looks like. Um, so for him to say that is a big, big deal. And he prefaced it, it by being like, I've been around basketball my entire life. Yeah. And I've never seen or been a part of an organization like this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um what they've crafted here is is really really good. Yeah. Uh you know, there've been so many configurations of front offices and coaches here and you've seen some of them at odds and you've seen some of them just not really mm-hmm. on the same page and you see, yeah. you know, and so um, for everybody to be kind of in lockstep around here is it's it's it's, it's a really yeah. cool thing to see. The other thing is this. The way Conley runs it around here is, you know, everybody doesn't always have to agree all the time, mm-hmm. but everybody has a voice. Yes. And, and that voice is valued. Yes. And it's valued. And so, you know, just from that level alone, mm-hmm. 
it's a big, you know, that's a big thing because if people around everybody's working hard, everybody's grinding, you know, and if you feel like your efforts are just not being, (laughs) you know, appreciated. Appreciated. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, at some point it kind of rips at the fabric, but, uh, that's not the case around here. So exceeded expectations this season. Check culture established. Oh yeah. Check, check. Uh, let's get into some of these awards that yes. we have to give out because, you know, everybody really values our opinion and where <laughs> we think that, you know, right. these awards should be going. So um, let's start. Well, should we just start with most valuable player? With the easiest that's one. the obvious answer. <laughs> Nicole Jokic. And I think I was so when, – when the finalist came out for MVP of the league – Yeah. And you can correct me if you think that I'm wrong here, but I thought he should have been number three instead of Paul George. Instead of Paul George, yeah. Yeah, yeah that Paul George is – Paul George, you know, he gained so much steam. I, I, I told this story too. So Paul George gained so much steam during the regular season, made yes. game-winning shots, For and sure. he was had a really, really fabulous season. So there was uh, the game, the Nuggets played Oklahoma City, and I want to say it was maybe late January, February, some. Um, the Penguin situation of of 2019. <laughs> well, so well, so but at this time, um, Oklahoma City, which got off to a very slow start, had been kind of ascending, playing yep. good defense, and the general like consensus around the league, the people watching it was that team is coming, and yep. Paul George is the reason why. And meanwhile, the Nuggets had spent all this time in first place in the Western Conference. Like, Ignore first. that, though. Yes. Like, yeah. like, oh, but it doesn't matter. And so when these two teams meet, Paul George, is his um, star was at an all-time high. Yep. And then the Nuggets smashed them. And it was like... Obliterated. Over. Yes. And so... I, I guess my point is so from that point on, and then Paul George got hurt, and his his season kind of de- descended. And no, so from start to finish, no, his season was not better than Nikola Jokic. Like I get it, he's a fantastic two way player yeah. and makes giant contributions on both sides. Now I think of the he floor, probably should be Defensive Player of the Year, which he's up for. Yeah, but look at Nikola Jokic's playoffs too. Like I know that that we're talking regular season a little bit, but like th- the noise that he made down the stretch for Denver, when teams are throwing everything they have mm-hmm. at him, trying to limit him, trying to stop him in different ways. He was nearly averaging a triple-double. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Yes. So <laughs> I mean, not only is he the MVP of the Nuggets, I think he should have been in a higher conversation around yeah. the league. And this is one thing about those NBA awards, like how you come into the season and then I'd say all the way about to – maybe mid-February, how people think of you at that point is yeah. probably how it's going to get shaken down. Yes. And here's and here's my second example of that, and we're going to see this in the Rookie of the Year because Luka Doncic is going to win that. Yep. But the thing about Luka Doncic from about, I don't know, February to the end of the season versus Trey Young uh, from February to the end yeah. of the season, like Trey was playing way, way, way better than Luka Doncic. Yeah. And, but it's not going to matter because yep. Luka had all, had all that equity built up to that point mm-hmm. and Trey's going to finish second. Yeah. But he's not going to get it because that's just the way I would way even it say works. that about the MVP too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Giannis Harden conversation was neck and neck back and forth towards the end of the season when Harden was putting up that ridiculous stretch of 50 plus yeah. point games or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Well, James Harden is not playing anymore. <laughs> no, he is not. Nor did they have a very good playoff <laughs> showing and Giannis is obviously still excelling. So, yeah. Who knows where that will go? Absolutely. Most valuable player, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Uh, most improved player. I'm gonna go with Malik Beasley for me. <laughs> you know, very strong in your your delivery there. Only, only because there's Monte Morris out there as well. Yep. But I I'm gonna go with Malik Beasley, and the reason why I'm going with Malik Beasley is because for a couple of seasons, and Malone alluded to this um, in his press conference. And he said, "Well, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't know if he was going to be a rotation player, and then he proved, obviously, well beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, where he has come from, from his rookie season to what he put on the court last season, has been really, really good. And I, he, he was a, a raw basketball talent when he came in from Florida State. Just such an athlete. Athlete can dunk on anybody, yep. run, jump guy." And so, but what he had to understand was how to play the game. And mm-hmm. so, this is learning the the game at the NBA level, 
um, all the little nuances of basketball, then improving his jump shot, which is something that had to be improved. Mm -hmm. And he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he clearly is a rotation player last season. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, was... I, that's why I'll, for, for me, I'll give it to him because I think there were more questions about him coming into the season that he flat out answered yeah. <laughs> with with uh, really good play on the basketball court. I agree. He was mine as well. Uh, and I would say the next step for him would be a lockdown defender because I think he's fully capable of that. The, the way that he can move and he's quick and athletic and long, Yeah, I think that if he could get it in his brain that I'm gonna, I am going to stop this person. He could be similar to, um, I don't necessarily want to say Gary Harris because I think Gary is such a good defender because of his basketball IQ. Mm -hmm. But Malik could just get in guys and make it really tough for them and do a pretty good job of keeping them in front. Yeah, um, he's got the but, athletic tools to do that. Yes, yeah. like you said, he actually had some pretty real NBA experience last season, and then even a little bit the season before then. Mm -hmm. For, the, for him to take the, the jump that he did this year was just so much better than what we've seen from him so far. There are people who are like, is Malik an NBA player right. after the first couple of years? What, where does he fit with the Nuggets? Mm -hmm. Now it's like he absolutely fits. He's got a knockdown three-pointer. He can take it all the way to the basket. It's just about body control and becoming a little bit more finesse with his athleticism yeah. in my eyes. Remember, do you remember when he we had him on the podcast? Yep. And do you remember when he said... Um, you know, the one thing he had to understand was like, this is, this is like for real, this is a job for real. Yes. And so there are things that you have to do, taking care of your body, watching film, yeah. uh, getting in the lab in that gym and making sure that you're getting your game better. Mm -hmm. And the minute that he realized that, and it really, that switch really yeah. clicked, you saw what happened. He's grown up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sixth man then, is he also your sixth man? You start. Monte. Monte is mine. Okay. Um, I think that he ran that second unit. Mm -hmm. He was the reason that, you know, our bench at the beginning of the season was a more reliable group of five than our starters when they were still trying to figure things out. Um, with little to no NBA experience, we had no <laughs> idea what we were going to get from Monte. And he came in and not only contributed on a pretty consistent basis mm -hmm. for this Nuggets team, he led that second unit. His first real NBA you know, minutes. Yeah. He was the floor general. And for him to be able to make everyone around him better and be able to be confident in that role and take control in that role, I was so impressed with the with what he did for yeah. the Nuggets. I completely agree. Um it's it's gotta be Monte. It has to be Monte. It yeah. you know, um yeah, the the Nuggets didn't even really have an idea that they were what were they gonna do with reserve point guard? I don't know. I mean, they they obviously um, signed Isaiah IT, Thomas, yeah, and then they just crossed their fingers that, that he like would, Monte would be okay. Yeah, and not only was Monte just okay, he was great <laughs> as you yeah. uh, for all the things that you just outlined. Um, so yes, Mon Monte, Monte for me is, is that guy as well. Uh, you know what? Here, here's a close second for me. Actually, I think Mason is a close second for me mm -hmm. only because he so much of what he put on the court just didn't show up in stat sheets and um he was i thought he was really good start to finish he was as much of a rim protector as the rim yeah, as the defense. nuggets had his yeah his defense on the perimeter all the way yep. to the rim yep. was really really good and then he was the recipient of a lot of those lobs yes. from from monte morris and the that, monte that tandem Mason. yes that Two tandem yes yeah for oh, sure so all of those things um unsung hero Maybe I should have put, just put Mason into that category. Yeah, there, that, you know what? That works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he did not show up on the statue yeah. often. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mason for the okay. young un, unsung hero and um, just for all the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a wonder. I tell you what, it, it's uh, it's amazing what good health will do, you know, yeah. because you remember the, the year before he had the core stuff going on. He just he played through all of that. Mm -hmm. But. He was so clearly more explosive this year, so yeah. clearly more able to move around and do what he needed to do on the basketball court. Um, Mason Plumlee for me. You know what I'll add to your Mason Plumlee argument there as well? Yeah. Um, he is one of the most selfless guys on this Nuggets team. Mm -hmm. He could be a starting big man anywhere in the NBA. Not anywhere, but you know what I mean. There yeah. are a lot of teams many, that he many could teams. be starting center mm -hmm. for. And he knows his role on this team and just – you know what? Obviously, he's he said before. Obviously, I would love to be starting. Yeah. But I know that I can contribute in other ways. Yeah. And he just does it. Yeah. That's 
fantastic to have yeah. a human being like that. Um, mine is Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap. Because I think what he contributed as a true veteran um, in terms of talking to guys, leading guys, getting them on the right page, making sure their heads were in the right space, he helped a lot of the young core of this team grow. Mm-hmm. And when the Nuggets needed a, a veteran to calm things down or step up or whatever the case may have been, I think that Paul exceeded those expectations yeah. in my eyes this season. Um, and coming back from the injury that he had last year, and yeah. I just feel like he found himself within this Nuggets team too and, and where they really needed him to be as a person and as a player, he lived up to that tenfold. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree wholeheartedly yeah. with that. Um, best teammate. Best teammate. We can kind of combine this maybe with best bench mobber. Yeah. They, they're, hmm. Best teammate bench mobber. You guys, I had time to prep my answers for these, <laughs> and I'm putting them on the spot yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, who did the, they all kind of, <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to go with. Yeah. Who are you going to go with? Who's, who's, who's your answer? Wancho! Wancho, yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, just, yeah. for me, like, the way that he gets excited about his teammates' success, he's constantly, constantly talking in huddles. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just clapping and saying, we got this, let's go, whatever it might be. Yep. One of the most positive energy people I have ever been around. Yeah. Uh, and, and he brings people up. Because of that, like it's it's genuine. He means it. Even though he wasn't playing at the end of the season, he was still doing whatever he could to help his team and individual teammates out. I saw him on multiple occasions pull guys aside and try and pick them up when they maybe weren't making shots. He did that with Malik a bunch. Yeah. Even Paul Millsap was like, Wancho helps me out. <laughs> right. When I come out of games and I'm like not in the right headspace, Wancho will just kind of tap me and say, you got this. And that's the regroup that Paul Millsap needs yeah. as the veteran of this team. Mm-hmm. So. His excitement, uh, what he brought, I, I'm hoping that with his surgery that he just had, he will come back similar to the way that Mason had his yeah. season this year. Because remember, he started off, the, he was in the starting lineup yes. at the beginning of the yes. season. Yes, when we had the so, injuries that we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. mine. Yeah, yep, I like that one. I'm, I'm going to second that one. And then I'm going to give a small shout-out to Isaiah Thomas uh, because was, he was yeah. always standing at the yep. end of the bench as well and, and being very supportive. And, and, you know, in particular for him, you know, in a space where he knew he wasn't going to be playing. Yep. And so, you know, he was not – that was not his ideal yeah. situation. But he – that guy, I don't even know if he ever sat down. <laughs> bench mobber for sure. For, for like sure. he was talking with fans. Yeah. He was talking with the other, the team. other team. Like yeah. he had his guys back. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Talking with the other guys on the Nuggets bench, being like, watch this, do this. Like, yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. So I think that's a good one for sure. Um, what was – okay, we'll do this one first. Defensive player of the year for the Nuggets. Defensive player of the year for the Nuggets. Mm, I guess I'll, I'll go I'll go Millsap because I, I just think his presence as the quarterback back yes. there – um, as a guy who continues to make sure everybody's organized, um, is invaluable. And, you know, when the Nuggets kind of fell apart defensively the pr- year prior, I mean, that dude, Paul Millsap wasn't on the court. Yeah. I mean, he just wasn't on the court. And um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go I with just, Paul. I can't stress the importance enough, and I bet you agree with me on this, in how vital that low man position is, mm-hmm. especially in the type of defense that the Nuggets are trying to play. And usually it is Paul Millsap yeah. because he's the first line of defense when a player gets beat off the dribble yeah. to slide over and help. And obviously that weak side has to drop down then too. But if Paul takes up enough space and can stop that, whoever is penetrating to the basket, they don't have time to make that pass. Right. And like you said, being a, a communicator back there, organizing, making sure guys are in the right spot. I just, he was without a doubt, like the paint blocker right. for the nuggets and yeah. kept guys, you know, out of there as often as he could. It's a lot like, um, it reminded me, he reminded me a lot, a lot of Kenya Martin when Kenya Martin was here. Kenya Martin was that guy for the nuggets defense. The year that they went to the Western conference finals. I mean, that guy, just he had everybody on a string defensively and then he'd like hard value and then dare you, then dare you to do anything yeah <laughs> but but it was great yeah. so paul paul mills out um i wish i could say wes honestly like <laughs> that would be yeah. my defensive player of the year because what wes unseld jr has done with this nuggets team and just taken on 
the defensive coordinator position mm-hmm. for Denver deserves every ounce of praise yeah. in this world. Yeah. Um, so just quick shout out to him yeah, if I sure. could. And if you didn't listen to our podcast with him, you should. You you, you must do that yeah. because it was so good. Beyonce's it in was, it. it was... If you need any <laughs> any more of a reason to listen to it, he talks about Beyonce. <laughs> sure was. Yeah, no, when a head coach sits up there and says, um, our the biggest difference in us is our defense. Yeah. Then bravo, Wes Unsell, because that is exactly what he was charged with Mm -hmm. doing, was helping this team improve in that area, and they improved tenfold. Yes. Um, But Defensive Player of the Year for me, I think Gary Harris down the stretch, and and maybe it's not fair of me to because he was injured and and took a lot of time off, but what he did in the playoffs – Defensively, yes, was incredible. It was incredible against you know whoever they needed him. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Derek White's going off. Gary, get Derek Gary, White. Go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rosen. Oh, go guard go him. Get that. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, Damian yeah. Lillard, guard him. It's or true. Uh, CJ McCollum, guard him. Yeah. Like, oh, oh just, Rodney Hood, go yeah. go. Get, do a couple. Get, whatever. Get a couple he, on him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, whatever they needed, he did. Yeah, Gary um, Harris is. Fa- he, he needs to play all the games. I know. I know. Yep. So fingers crossed for good health for for G there. Yeah. Best celebration of the year. <laughs> well, maybe it was Mason's three point yes. celebration. <laughs> That's on mine too. That's on my list. <laughs> That's probably the best one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the guns, the guns down, shimmy shake, tongue whatever, out, tongue out. Like yeah. Really committed to That's, it. That's that's probably the best singular one yeah. for me. My my favorite. It's consistent one though. I, I really do like the arrow. I've always liked yeah. arrows. Yeah. So like when when Jamal gets going, mm-hmm. and and he it picks used to, his moments well, really well he, too. And you and you have to. Here's what's so funny about that. So obviously Jamal's not the first arrow person, but it used to be that when you made a three pointer, like you had time to stand there and shoot an arrow because like the ball wasn't coming back down the court so fast. They were just yes. walking it up or yeah. trotting it up. But in this NBA, yeah. the ball's getting inbounded and you got to, so, so you so can't true. just arrow it all out. So you're right. He has to pick his spots. He, yeah. And so, and he does them so well. I don't, I want to say it was the Boston game when it was at Pepsi and he, it was a time, they called a timeout and he stood at half court in yeah. front of the courtside fans and just yeah. wound up. Yeah. I wish you guys could see me right now because i'm like trying to do it here um that one was yeah top notch yeah blue arrow and they put that on the on the yes. intro yes. In, in, the, in the for yeah. the games yeah so yes. it's yeah yeah mine and it was the mason three was fantastic <laughs> but jamal waving by after the, i believe it was the dunk oh yeah oh yeah i want to say it was against the warriors too was it against the Warriors? Kevin Dur- I need to look it up. Yeah. But the waving by, <laughs> I'm here for it. And it was a gift that I used all season long. <laughs> Took full advantage of yeah. the bye bye. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Here for it. Um, last one. The best phrase of the year. And this one's going to be multiple choice. This is easy. It, don't, it doesn't even need no, to be multiple well, choice. There's just, only one that will be the winner. The <laughs> There's only one. You know which one it is. Yes, I know which one. I know. I was just listening to NBA radio driving here for this podcast, and you know what the you know what one of the hosts said to another one of the Take hosts? Take that L. Take that L Take out that. on the way with you. And I was like, what? This it's is exploding. Yes. It's exploding it is. on the NBA scene. <laughs> Um, okay, so that wins. Take that all on the way out wins. Yes, everyone. That yeah. was the phrase of the century, honestly. For sure. It was. For sure. Um, but I do want to talk about three other ones because right. they are glorious all right, in, let's hear in itself. Gary Harris, tie game going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. Fellas, if you win the fourth quarter, you win the game. <laughs> and them going. Great hot take. Yes. <laughs> Deep thoughts with Gary Harris should be a segment like that. And oh, here for it. Loved it. Loved it. The second two mm-hmm. are Nicole Jokic, which we could have a whole segment. Oh, we could have a whole yeah. podcast of interesting sure. things that Jokic says. When he called his dunk poetry in motion. <laughs> also good. Also good. Amazing. He, you know, he understands his. Like he knows how to just jab at himself. Like yes. he he understands. He knows what he brings yeah. to the table. Yeah, <laughs> so good. And then my other Nikola Jokic one was at All Star, talking about Coach Malone mm-hmm. winning. Did you congratulate him? Not today, buddy. 
<laughs> not today. I that, use that in everyday life. That that one is actually that was really really good. Yes, I, I liked that one a lot. I think I'm gonna make a series of T-shirts, um, just for myself personally, based <laughs> on like different things Jokic. this season. So like Jokic's face, poetry in motion. <laughs> Jokic's face, not today, buddy. Jamal Murray, mean muggin, for one. G, if you win the fourth quarter, you win the game, and just like rotate them throughout the season next year. I'm going to see maybe if, if there's anybody out there that's listening that knows you, a, a printing company that could hook that. me up with this. Okay. And make sure you trademark those. Cause yeah. like you, I should. Yes. Okay. Um, all right, you guys, this has been a very long podcast, but we wanted to give a thorough review yes. of this Denver Nuggets season and all of its glory because it really was one for the history books. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, we will be doing these podcasts throughout the summer. I know a lot of you are probably wondering about Michael Porter Jr. He has been cleared. He is healthy. He is expecting to play at Summer League. Dempsey and I will be at Summer League in some way, shape, or form. So we will try to podcast there, give you guys an update as to how he's doing, how he's playing, how all of that is going. Maybe we'll even have him on. Yeah. That's the goal. You guys so, in for that? Yeah, I know you are. Yeah. Watch <laughs> out for that one coming up. We will have more on Michael Porter Jr. where he fits in with this Nuggets uh, coming up this summer. Uh, if there is anything that you guys would like to hear on the podcast that you want to know more about, uh, yeah. we're in the off season, so she was we're not doing anything. Yeah. Tweet at us, at <laughs> Katie Wingy, at Chris A. Dempsey. Yeah. Chris A. Dempsey? Yeah. There mm -hmm. it is. Uh, on Twitter and let us know what you want to hear. Um, but for now, you guys, thank you for listening all season long to the 24K podcast. We appreciate it. We hope you guys had as much fun as we had recording it. Yeah. We're going to try and do this next season as well. We'll get some more guys on um, and get you guys a chance to know these these players as as people. Yep. Any final thoughts, Demps? Just thank you. Just thank you. It's, um, you know, this is, we do it um, and we love it. Um, but you guys make help us go and stick with us. There's many, many more, a lot of, not, lots more good stuff to come. The best is yet to come, Nuggets Nation. Uh, for Chris Dempsey, I'm Katie Wingy, and we are signing off the 24K Podcast.